Western Conference Podcast. Your boy, Big Body Cisco here. Brought to you by Dos Cotas Tequila. Omaha. No, not that audible. I got the audibles in the building. My brother, Jimmy G. And my brother, DJ. How y'all doing, brothers? Blessed. Come on, man. It's been a long time coming. This Basically, it's part two to the Jazz Laser uh, continuation story, what we're doing. But how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you doing? Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> Not that Jimmy G, but Jimmy G of the Audibles is in the building. D, I see you over there, man. We, we're still recovering from Franny's birthday. But you, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But if you guys don't know who these guys are, man, I tell them. The Audibles are the backbone, the producers that have been doing the things for Justin Bieber, Jazz Laser. Just the name of you. We're going to get into all the name drops. But with that said, we're just going to introduce yourself to the big body uh, Western Conference family, Jimmy. Uh, I'm Jimmy Gianos of the Audibles, one yeah. half. And I'm Dominic DJ Jordan, uh, the other half of the Audibles. How, how'd you just go to Barry White all of a sudden? <laughs> and I'm yeah, Dominic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, it's, it's crazy when you hear yourself. Yeah, right? You sound weird. So I don't know if I'm lower or yeah. if I'm higher or what See, it is. And that's you know what you guys are doing. We're still at work. You're still at work, too. Yeah. But how are you guys doing? Because we were talking to Jazz, and we were saying, look, when Jazz lays in the audibles get together, it's some kind of it's something special. So that's why I was like, you know what? I got to get you guys up in here because the roster and you guys' resume is ridiculous. But I was telling you before, what I like to do is kind of say, how did you guys even get in the game like that? So, Jimmy, we'll start with you. Uh, well, I mean... I I started producing my senior year of high school. Yeah. I got a keyboard for Christmas. And That's all. Right. I, I was always stands out, right? What kind of keyboard? Was it a Casio keyboard or was it a good keyboard? It, it was a Phantom. Oh, okay. Oh, easy. Yeah. We all not able. I got the one little Fisher Price one, but you got the good one. And I got, I would just, I started just remaking Neptune's beats yeah. on it. And then finally one day I was like, oh, let me try to see if I can make my own melodies or my own stuff and that's kind of how it happened for but me. is that something that you kind of like said you know when we're growing up we don't know what we want to do right? right but is that something was music a passion already of yours then so i i mean i've since i was a kid i've loved all types of music from yeah. hip-hop to alternative but i never knew what producing was because back then no one produced yeah. at high school like yeah. now all the kids produce but yeah, back exactly. then, that was like a thing you never heard of. They got a cl they got classes now, right? <laughs> and I and I always took piano lessons yeah. growing up since I was a kid. But it, not till my senior year, I saw a Neptune's DVD, and I was wow. and I saw them in the studio. I was like, oh, this is what making yeah. the music is behind the scenes, and that's when it. Come on, when you see Chad Hugo and Pharrell <laughs> doing that thing, it's like man. Right. But see, you see, Jimmy, you learned how to play piano in high school. No, I, I, my mom forced me to do it when I was I really always young. wanted to learn how to play <laughs> piano. I wanted to just pull up on a broad and start just, hey, how you, you know what I mean? But you actually was forced into it. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I hated the lessons, but when the teacher would leave, I would love, like, messing around sprinkling with around yeah, yeah. on my own. But I'm like, damn, this came in handy, yeah. like, once I realized that I loved doing this. So, yeah. yeah, and how old were you when, when that happened? What, the producing? Yeah, when you, when you were playing the piano. Uh, maybe, like... Six or oh, something. Oh, what? Damn. Yeah. He was early in the <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. And what about you, DJ? Uh, my mom was a promoter for Universal. My dad, an 80s actor. So yeah. I was always around entertainment and... Um, you can't just throw '80s actor out there and not say anything about it. Like, oh, was, like was was he Cleo Huxtable? I mean, yeah, no, nah, <laughs> he wasn't like a big actor. Yeah. He played in like Colors, uh, licensed. Okay. To, yeah, licensed to drive. A couple, he yeah. did like some commercials. He did um, a Stevie Wonder commercial with Stevie. 
Uh, he he did a, a, a Levi's commercial. Yeah. He did a you know was like so small. he was in the business. He was in the business, yeah, yeah. but he wasn't like super popular. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He was so you was around it already at an early age. Yeah, yeah, I was always around music. I was a big band nerd. Shouts out to Valley View High School in uh, Marino Valley, California. Okay. Moval. Moval. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, I was just a big band nerd, and then yeah. I moved to Vegas. I met um, Jr. Castro. Yeah, shout out Jr. Castro, yeah. man. That's family right there. Yep, big fam. He's one of my very first best friends when I moved to Vegas. Him and uh, Dane Simmons, which yeah. is Pyro. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Um, we started a group out here. I ended up going to the military, Air Force, and they went, got signed to Interscope. Yeah. Um, under Polo the Don, Polo the Don, man, shout out Polo the Don. That's a legend in the game too, as well, man. Yep. And so you was in the Air Force when Jr. and them got signed. Yep, I was actually. They were signed before then. Yeah. And they just kept making trips on the I-15 to L.A. Um, started working with a guy named Mike Jones. Yeah. Who's a good, close friend of ours. And then they not started, the Mike Jones. No, 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 not Mike that Jones. Mike Jones. No, no. <laughs> not that my everybody always asks me. Yeah. Too. But um, he uh. Mike Jones signed him under Platinum Music Group, yeah. and he helped develop them and just like grinded it out and got him signed to Universal or signed to Interscope under yeah. Universal, under Pole of the Dawn, and then um, they had that hit. I got out of the military. Um, I was helping with like produce records yeah. with them, and you know I was even the cameraman, which all facets of the game. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta get in where you fit in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, they shot their first single called Lost in Love in Las Vegas at the, what was it, Palms? Where was it, Jim? Palms? Yeah, it was the Palms. Uh, one right. of Franny's sweet parties? The, the, <laughs> no, the after thing was at the Palms. It was the one with the lights, the plaza, is that what it's plaza. called? Oh, the plaza. Yeah, the plaza. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, Jimmy uh, was working with, with Jazz Laser at the time. Ah, uh, okay. So you guys haven't even met yet? No, not oh, at all. Oh, nice. Okay. So Jazz, uh, Jimmy discovered Jazz and he started working with him. Yeah. And he and Jimmy wanted a record with J.R. Castro and Jazz Laser. Together. Together. So they, Man. So Jimmy and Jazz came up to the video shoot yeah. to meet J.R. Castro and me for the first time. And I... Um, he met me, Jimmy met me first, yeah. and then I talked to JR, and I was like, hey, they want to get you on a record. They were going to pay Cass yeah. to get on a record. And then Cass was like, I don't even think he was tripping off it. He's like, let's just get in the studio. Yeah. So we ended up going to Odds On at the time. It was called Odds On. It's called, um, what's it called now? Hideout. Hideout now. Yeah. And um, Jimmy, after we did the record, Jimmy played me some of his beats, and I was just like, man, this guy's melodies is insane. From Jimmy's, so with Jimmy's, Jim, all that he produced on yeah. the Phantom. Yeah, he would bring his Ooh. Phantom everywhere, and he would hook it up yeah. and play the beats. You know what you I mean? You was that dude, huh? Jimmy just brought your shit wherever. It was like, you know, I'm gonna show these motherfuckers I can get down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how did you and Jazz hook up? How do how was that relationship started for you guys? So when Jazz, I want to say, was 18. Yeah. There was a big like one of those talent competitions out here at okay. this hookah lounge and like all the artists yeah. in town like local the, artists the dopest ones at yeah. the time uh they they were performing and when he got on stage i was like yo like who is this yeah. his performance like blew me away yeah. like I, I was like this kid's a star you kind of like knew at that point yeah. You're like hey, this dude got it yeah. yeah and then after the show I went up and talked to him. I was like, yo, you got to come to my house tomorrow. Yeah. And then literally he came over every day. After I thought you that. pulled out the <laughs> Phantom right there. Hold on real quick. Let me pull this out for you. <laughs> so we came over and you guys started working together. Yeah, yeah. So was this post 
uh, his basketball career in high school? Because this is after he stopped doing oh, the basketball. Yeah, right? Okay. Because yeah, yeah. he was telling us that he had the basketball passion first. Yeah. And then he said yeah. when he got with you that the music thing just the music book got got to him. Yeah. And that's when I said, dude, when I heard you with the audibles, it was just it was like magic. You know what I mean? So kind of now hearing the story that you kind of got with Jazz after seeing him at a talent show, you guys are going over to Jr. Castro and DJ, and it's like that whole thing. How did that I mean? Was it a competition level at that point, or was it kind of like mutual respect? Oh, no. Like, bro, the, the night he was talking about, yeah. after the session, we played each other beats, and I heard his beats. Yeah. I Like, I was like, how the hell does this guy get his drums sounding like that? Wow. Like that was my weakness. Yeah. Like my drums, I'm like, I got keyboard drums. So when you fell short, he was <laughs> filling it in. <laughs> like, oh. Yes. And like just his sonics and everything. And yeah. like literally the next day after that session, I came to his house and I was like, man, he's he's my missing piece. He's and your Chad, he's your like, Pharrell. Like, yeah, You're like, the Chad <laughs> Hugo, he's the Pharrell, or vice versa. Yeah. So, but it's right. like I mean, you were talking about JR Cash, we we're talking about jazz ladies, and we we're talking about it when jazz was up in here. Just like, you know, the music scene in Vegas at the time. You know, he was talking about going to Atlanta. Well, you guys spent some time in Atlanta, right, too? We so, all went together. Yeah. So when you guys went together, was that something that you guys already said, we'll form kind of a team, or you guys were still separate? No, nah, we were working together. Yeah. And then I-15 had the opportunity to go. Uh, Polo rented out a studio in Atlanta for a whole year. Yeah. He, he just wow, like had the whole studio to himself, you know, Interscope, funded the whole thing you know so uh um, and it was on interscope's dying wow man it was it was some of the most epic times you're talking hit boy yeah chasing cash us i-15 and that's just and rich boy wow carrie uh, hilson come on rich man. boy throw some d's yes. on him <laughs> all of them were all in the same studio shots yeah. out to zach's studios it's not man. zach's anymore i think it's called astro our boy Bills was the uh, the the studio manager, yeah. and we weren't even supposed to be there. We were like we we're we were we were there under I fifteen, yeah. But like we were just getting in where we can fit in because yeah. we weren't signed to Polo. Polo respected us a lot. The first day we got there, yeah, we played him a song we did and um a beat we did, and he flipped out like wow. He was like, "This is it, this yeah. is it." You know, Polo, how he talked. Come on, and uh. We thought like, damn, we made it yeah. finally, you know, because we had. Did we have my Sean record before then? No. But you guys kind of went yeah, out there on a whim, though, right? You guys kind of yeah, just said, yeah. "Look, Funny we're not even on there. We're just gonna go out on his whim." Bro, yeah. the day we were leaving, Jazz yeah. was signed under this not, you know, kind of shady situation, yeah. and um, he was just like at the studio when we pulled up and we're like yeah he, hey, he said he told us the story bro so it's crazy how it came about bro insane <laughs> so literally we were driving off and he was like you know i'm gonna just stay here in vegas yeah. and when he started running he was like nah i'm coming and wow. he ended up leaving and something happened where he got out of the contract yeah i don't know how it happened but he got out of the contract and he ended up coming to atlanta and we were working out every single day making music yeah. every single day for That's everybody crazy. we got our first placement out there yeah shots out to young money man yeah. tell us about the first placement though don't just leave that out <laughs> that was bro that man we used to work out of zach's studios and we would go to hot beats which yeah. is another studio in atlanta and um Young Money was all there. Yeah. Like Lil Wayne, Drake, uh, Nicki Minaj, wow. Little Chucky, uh, Little Twist. Yeah. And um, and this is where all, when there was a collective, they was all making music together yeah, at that time. Yeah. Yep. When they did the We Are Young Money album. Yeah. Oof. And we would just go there all the time and and, and go up there and fuck with um, Little Twist. Yeah. 
and uh, little. But Swift. still, you guys are just there on the outside looking in. You guys are not nah. there getting paid or whatever it have you. Nah. You guys are there on a whim. Yeah. You guys are there with Young Money. This is like pre Drake before he blew the hell up. But this is you guys are around these these artists where you guys are taking a chance. I mean, I was telling Jazz the same thing as he jumps into this car with you guys going to Atlanta. What made you guys say, you know what, we're going to bank on ourselves and take this trip out to Atlanta? You guys might not know what's going to happen, but you guys obviously are going to go take this chance. Tell us how that whole thing even came about. I mean, for one, he, he grew up with I-15, so yeah. he had the relationship with them. So we were like, man, not only are they a phenomenal group yeah. we, we believed in, but they were signed to Interscope. Man. We knew we were going to work on their music. Yeah. So we're like, man, this could be the perfect situation. Perfect opportunity. Yeah, for yeah. us to help like break them in a sense yeah. with our music too and or just be a part of their music. So we just, you know. And I always tripped off producers like, because you guys always have all your beats on you, right? Like you, you have your bangers on you, you have your bangers. And when you guys do get in those sessions, how do you guys say, hey, let me show you this? I mean, there has to be at a point that somebody has some kind of like, oh, not right now, not right now. How are you guys as producers saying, look, when I see my opportunity or that window, that's a real small window, how do you go ahead and, and take that opportunity and take advantage of that? Tell us about that, DJ. Um, it just depends on the artist. You yeah. know, it depends on the, the caliber of the artist. It depends on the situation. You know, sometimes we'll make a beat on scratch. Yeah. You know, we'll just sit there and cook up right in front of them. Sometimes we already have... We've made thousands of beats yeah. that are just sitting. So sometimes we have beats that may have been thousands of beats older or 100 beats older that we just know we've been waiting for the time. Yeah. I mean, most of our placements, opportunity, bro, most of our placements don't happen till like two or three years after we made that beat. Yeah. We actually just got a beat placed that's seven years, Jim. Yeah. Seven wow. years old. Yeah. That like when, when Pooh Bear told us, Shots out to Pooh Bear. Yeah. Greatest writer ever met in my whole legend entire right life. Legend right there, man. Pooh Bear, Our legend. big brother, yeah. man. Our mentor, everything. But he always told us, just keep working because you never know what that beat is going to turn into. Yeah. It could be 10 years. We've gotten beats placed 10, 9 years old. Because be old to you guys is new to who you guys uh, haven't listened to it, right? Yeah. Facts. It doesn't matter if it's a hit. It's a hit. Yeah. It don't matter. Timeless music is timeless. Come on, man. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Speaking of timeless music, like in your producing, you know, era, who were some of the inspirations? Like you talked about the Neptunes. Oh, yeah. DJ, who were some of the producers that, because remember at this time, you don't know that you want to be a producer, right? Being a music lover, what was like in the iPods back then? What was like, what were you guys banging before you guys got into the producing game? Was it hip hop? Was it R&B? Tell us about that. Man, so I was a trombone player. Yeah. And I still am a trombone player. I played on uh, our artist Savannah Blue's album. Man, shout out which, Savannah Blue. The new, the new project man. is dope. We'll talk about that, though. Yes. So you played on her on her album with the trombone. Yes. So I was always big on jazz, R&B, yeah. um, 90s R&B in particular. And, you know, 70s and 80s as yeah. well. But just 90s just always hit home because that was my era of growing yeah. up. So that's always been in the, you know, in the iPod. You know, we had iPods back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. And, Come on. And uh, and Discman. Yeah. You know, Boyz II Men. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Stevie Wonder is one of my is is my biggest inspiration. Oh, yeah. Come on, of that's music. A legend. Like, yeah. Still haven't met him. God willing, I do. Ooh. But he's the goat. You know. Songs in the key of life, right there. Come Man. on. <laughs> what about you? Besides the Neptunes, who was you listening to? 
Uh, I mean, everything from, I mean, my parents grew up on, I mean, I grew up from listening from them, everything from Motown, Earth, Wind and yeah. Fire to Woo! the Spinners, my dad playing, and then, I mean, Michael Jackson, yeah. but then I would love Green Day, Nirvana, No Come Doubt, uh, Biggie, yeah. I, I was Jay-Z, I, always Jay-Z, like, just a melting pot of everything, yeah. and that's, that's why... I think we always clicked from Jump so good because it was a similar. We were like, we want to make everything. Yeah, we don't want to just make a, a trap beat or a rap beat. Yeah. We want to do. We love all music, and yeah. that's that's what's so dope about like our our thing too. So, and I hear it too. Like I was talking to Jazz too. Like when I hear Audible's beat, and you hear that, you get that '90s feel. You get that '90s nostalgia, and that's why I was like, I got to get you guys in it because we're talking about Atlanta, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but. How did the audibles come about into this whole equation where you're getting placements with Young Money? You're starting to kind of feel each other out, where it's kind of like it's. I hate to keep going back to is that Chad Hugo Pharrell type, you know, team that you guys are doing. How did you guys finally just say, look, we got to just come together and you know whatever I'm not doing, where I'm falling short, DJ, you pick it up and vice versa. How did that conversation come about and where did it come about? It came from Jimmy's dad. Honestly. Wow. Jimmy's dad from Jump since 2007, that's how long we've been working. Yeah. His dad said, if you're going to be a partner, you're going to form a partnership at LLC, and you guys are really going to do this. Yeah. His dad got us with um, his lawyer friend, uh, what was his name? Leroy. Leroy. Uh, shouts out to Leroy. And he formed the LLC for wow. us. Wow. And our company has still been running strong ever since then. And Shout he, out Pops on the man. game. Uh, yeah. on, the, on the game was like, Bro. you know, if you guys are going to do this, stop bullshitting. Period. Do it right but, and do it the right way. And and not only that, his his dad, after um, his dad let, after we moved back from Atlanta, I lived with Jimmy yeah. and his parents for like two, three years. Yeah. And literally his mom made us breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's a brotherhood at that every point. Every single day. Yeah. And they, she said, you guys are not working. You guys are going to sit here and you're going to be the best producers you can be. Period. Wow. Point blank. And when that's rare, fellas. Rare. That's rare. Man, <laughs> if your mama coming in making you turkey Woo! sandwiches. But it's telling you guys to do what your passion is at that point. Facts. I mean, a lot of these kids are growing up now. They're saying, hey, go get your ass a job. Mm -hmm. You know, start, start fending for yourself. But you guys had parents who LLC with Pops. Mom saying, look, I'll cook. You guys just make sure you guys put your head to the ground yep. and do this producing thing. Facts. Come on, man. And I always, when I have this conversation with people, even having kids now, yeah. I'm like, man, if... If your kid shows you that they're gonna go hard at something and yeah. shows a passion, I feel like you gotta support and give them the opportunity. Absolutely. How many, how many crazy talented people in this world? Yeah. Their parents think that's not possible, so Come they don't. On. They don't even get that chance. Majority. That's like, the majority. Man, yeah. That's like, crazy. So the audibles are formed. You guys are back in Vegas. Tell us how now it's kind of who came up with the name. It was like a mutual thing. Yeah. We were trying to figure out how we could embody what we represent yeah. and the audibles means to change the play and it on also, the fly on the fly yeah which if you listen to our discography we've made music with from lupe fiasco we're gonna to, get we're gonna get yeah, to that all, all type of genre <laughs> we go yes absolutely and um and it also means to be heard and that's all, all yeah. we've always wanted to is just to be heard and yeah. just you know our music to be heard and to be appreciated See, the uh, same thing I did with Comic Kings. I got to know what was the names before the Audibles. So the, the, the name before Comic Kings was Not Too Soul, yes. which is not too good. <laughs> so what were some of the names before the Audibles that was thrown around and said, oh, well, what about this that you guys are like, yeah, thank God we didn't go with that one. Do you guys remember any of them? I mean, I think the only one that sticks out was Track Team. Track Team. Track Team, yeah. Uh, 
and it was like a double meaning, like running yeah. track. But, but and, and we still actually use that for some business stuff. So nice. it, it, it worked out. Because <laughs> you had like track masters and were you guys looking at other producing duos and kind of seeing what they were doing at that time? Because you had like track masters, you had like the hitmen that were for, for, for Diddy and them. And you kind of had these collectives of, you know, Stevie J and all them was doing their thing. But now you had like the Chad Hugos, the Pharrells, the Neptunes. Now you got DJ, Jimmy G, the Audibles. They had to sit there and say, all right, we got the Audibles are the one. But I, like, I keep going back to the comic because Not Too Soul is horrible. <laughs> I know you guys are going to see this again. We just had to revisit it because it's an awful name. But the Audible, I'm so mad because Omaha, G. Omaha. I won. Yeah. <laughs> and now the audibles are formed. Now you guys are sitting there saying, okay, we're talking about placement. Where are the audibles falling into this game where you guys are starting to get these placements, these big artists, and vice versa? Tell us about that, Jimmy. Um, I mean, our first, like he said, our first big placement was on the Young Money album. Yeah. And then our boy, My Sean, we had his single. He was an Interscope artist. Yeah. And then, I mean, from there... Lupe Fiasco, Lasers, Ooh. Food and You can't just too. say the name without saying how it came about. <laughs> oh. Lupe Fiasco, how did that even come I about? I mean, our, like you said, our big brother and mentor, Pooh Bear. Yeah. Like, man, he helped change our lives. Yeah. Like, well, take us back to how you guys even met Pooh Bear. How, how did that relationship, how did you guys even say, I know Pooh Bear now? Because Pooh Bear, if you guys don't know, is a predominant figure in this music industry where Justin Bieber, just to name a few. But how did that relationship even start? Yeah, well, Pooh Bear has always been a legend since yeah. since the 112 days. Yeah. You know, he wrote a lot of those records when he was 15, 16, wow. which is insane, you know? So we met Pooh Bear out here in Vegas. So we oh, came wow. back. Yeah, we came back, and um, we were working with my Sean, and um, our boy Mac introduced yeah. us to Pooh Bear through... Um, through Paris Page, okay, which is another good friend of ours, yeah. and we met at, at um, a studio. Yeah, and um, Pooh Bear, we played him a beat, and it was like our most insane beat we've ever made in our <laughs> lives. It just had like three different beats in one. Yeah, and he like stopped it, and he was like, "This is phenomenal," but it sounds like you put all the drugs in one beat. Yeah. <laughs> so he helped us structure it in yeah. a way where now it was three beats. And then he wrote to like all three of them. And then from there, we would just like grind it out. Yeah. Literally every single day, we would pull up and just try to impress him. Try yeah. to make the best music we possibly could. Oh, man. And we would add so many things, like so many melodies. Like it's like we were beat battling, yeah. you know, and that's a big thing with, the difference between a producer and a beat maker. Beat makers like to just impress themselves. Yeah. Producers like to impress the masses. Yeah. You know? And other producers. And other producers. Yeah. So we learned the structure of how to make a hit. And, you know, we just kept developing from there. Yeah. So so basically at this point, you guys are not like Pooh Bear's team, but he's hearing beats from you guys where he has the relationships with these artists like a Lupe Fiasco and such as. But now he started to say, hey, I'm going to give this beat to such and such. When is that kind of like saying, when he says an artist, or do you guys have beats that are already based around that type of artist, the way, you know, the way their sound is? Or you guys kind of say, no, these are ones that we think would work with this artist. Yeah, so perfect example. I'll give you a quick example of the, one of the Lupe records we did. I don't want to care right now. Yeah. So Lupe came in the studio, and he was like, his album's done. Yeah. This was Lasers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lasers. He said, the album is done. There's no more time, or I have no more slots for the record, right? Yeah. 
And then I don't know exactly what was said or or who he talked to or what happened, but like we just kept grinding. We didn't care. Yeah. We were like he's gonna pick one of these beats, and if he doesn't pick this beat, we're gonna play him another one. Lupe try to play one. it safe. <laughs> he tried to come in and say, "Look, guys, I don't want to hear no more beats. Lasers is done. I don't yeah. want to hear nothing." And y'all was like, "No, you don't hear these motherfucking beats. Yeah. So, so you so, guys can't play in the beats." So the next day he came in and he said, "I got room for one more." <laughs> of course. So, yeah. So yeah. we played this beat. Um, that became I Don't Want to Care Right Now. Wow. And it's featuring Pooh Bear on the record, murdered it. And if you listen really close, back then, we were like banging on pots and pans. You can hear my voice going, yeah. like making sounds. And like we were really into crafting our own the sounds. sounds. Yeah. yeah. And he ended up going on tour, the Lasers tour, and performed the record twice every night. Come on, on man. The only record he did that. Yeah. But so was that the first big placement for you guys on on besides, besides Young Money? So the you guys are on the lasers. When we talk about lasers, we're gonna play a clip here and you're gonna see the <laughs> damn song that we're talking about. But we're talking about lasers where it's Lupe Fiasco's like at the peak. That I think was at yeah, the peak at that time. Right. And to be on that album, it had to just feel good for you guys to be like, we wasn't even supposed to be on this album at first. Yeah. But for somehow, some way, you guys got on there. And after that, it was just kind of like smooth sailing, or what did you guys do after that? Um, after that placement, yeah. I mean, we did. We were on the next Lupe album. Yeah. With, I mean, both the albums we were on, like, we were blessed to have our first few Grammy nominations. They were, Ooh. they were both up. And, um, I mean, man, don't just kind of skip over that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go. <laughs> so now, Lasers in there. Now it's considered for a Grammy. How do you guys get the news for that? Um, uh, maybe Pooh. I don't know if Pooh hit us before the poll yeah. came out or whatnot, he might have hit us and said, like, congrats, guys. Like, the, the album's up for a Grammy. Wow. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> birthday present. Here you go. You, you're nominated for a Grammy. Because yeah. I was telling Jazz, like, when you guys have that aspect as being a nominated, you know, Grammy-nominated producer, prices go up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure Pooh Bear told you guys that, too. Once you get that billing, we're talking about you. Now you guys are in this Grammy realm. And now you kind of like are Grammy nominated producers, mm-hmm. and it, it, no, not to skip over because you guys also worked on Common King's Grammy nominated album for Lost in Paradise. Yeah. So like now you guys are just hitting on all cylinders. After you use the Lupe album, you had, you worked on the next Lupe album, right? What's the next move on there to kind of say, okay, now are you guys mastering the Audible sound at this point, or you guys already have that? I I think we have it because we just do what we love. Yeah. And as long as we get the goosebumps. You know that they say the goosebump yeah. method. Chicken skin. Yeah. If you get that, I feel like there's chances that someone else is gonna get it too. Yeah. And it's just finding the right home for that record. Man, come on, man, come on, Jimmy. So now, now you walking around with a little chest pumped out a little bit. And now you going in the studio like, yeah, yeah, we just got nominated for a Grammy for lasers. Uh, check the resume. So now you guys kind of have this where you're not having to be the outside looking in. Now you guys are the guys. Now, with the relationship with Pooh Bear, how are you guys starting to say, okay, let's start making music for... Because at this point, are you guys making music with jazz and, and cast at this, at this point? Always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So while you guys are doing that, what, what albums are you guys working with jazz to kind of say, okay, look, we're still doing this, we're still doing that. What with jazz kind of just popped off to you guys to just be like, okay, jazz, we, we need to start working with our home team and start seeing what he could do with it. I mean, we've always worked with jazz. Yeah. We got s- so many great records. I mean, I can't even count them. <laughs> so, 
and mixtapes yeah. that are just out there. Yeah. So I I mean, he has so much ahead of him, not only as a writer, as an artist as yeah. well. And I, man, we just want to see him blow up the way he should, because I think he's one of the most talented artists I've ever seen. So I got to say, so when I moved out to Vegas and this is how I kind of got involved with, with, with DJ and, and Jimmy and jazz blossom blossom was Ooh. out and and you know we were doing twitch at the time and franny was sending me records it was like hey you got to play this on your show I'm like all right because he knows i do a lot of r&b stuff so he sends me best friend and come on man he sends me best friend sends me feelings and then i'm starting to say i said hey let me listen to the rest of the album i start hearing grapefruit and a lot of the other songs that he started to do i'm like dude who's producing these and i'm having this conversation with franny and he's like, dude, the audibles. He goes, don't you know? I was like, I haven't, I heard of him, but I haven't met him. So we had met one time. We did, we we're doing a Twitch show, and I seen you guys, and you guys were there. And I'm like, I ain't gonna lie. I was like, these are the motherfucking Neptunes of 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 this pandemic for me because that was the soundtrack for us. Tell us how that even came about with best friend and feelings and stuff like that too. How did that even? Because those are like classics for us. Tell us how those came about. I mean, just going in with jazz. I mean, we're working with them all the time. Yeah. And then I think like with any great project we've done, I feel like once you do a few songs and you start hearing a sound, yeah. it's almost like the album starts making itself. Yeah. And you're like, damn, this is a vibe. Like, let's just keep creating this sound that we love. And I think once we got like a certain amount of songs, Jazz was like, all right, let's go to the studio and put it all together yeah. and, and make it wrap it up. So come on, and, man. Yeah. How did, how did Best Friend, was Best Friend like the lead single for you guys to say this is the one too? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure when you guys are in the studio, all the songs are the one, right? So then until you kind of get everybody else's opinion, did you guys know that Best Friend and Feelings was going to kind of be the standout tracks on the on that, that project? I mean, yeah, I, certain songs, like we know when something's all right. Yeah. And we know when something's <laughs> like... When you're leaving the studio and the next day we're all texting each other, like, <laughs> like you, I think when you, when the next day when you still feel the same, yeah. I think that's like a huge indication of yeah. something special. And yeah, I think best friend we kind of knew was special from jump. Because we knew it soon. I'll never forget. This is this is key. When we left the studio, if I'm playing a song over and over and over again on the way home, I live far, yeah. yeah. If I'm playing it the whole time and we're literally that night, I'll never forget this. We were texting each other going crazy over that record. Yeah. Like going insane before it was mixed and mastered, all of that. It's that goosebumps. Come on, man. It's, it's, it's all you can you can chalk it up to. When I had heard it and 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 Franny had played it, I was like, dude, how come this isn't like number one, like, you know, out there? So he was like, oh, it's not really even out there. I'm like, wait, what? You know, because at that point, you're kind of like figuring like, I, I always thought, that could be one of the mainstream, like top R&B single. And then to kind of see what the process was, like he came out with the visuals and stuff. And I was talking to Jazz one time, we were at, um, at doing the Twitch show and I'm like, dude, how come this isn't the number? He was like, oh no, you know, it's all about time. You know how Jazz is. He's kind of like all real, real modest about it. Right. But I was like, no, I said, dude, me and Franny play this and you know, people from all over the world. Cause you know, when on our Twitch, we had people from New Zealand. They was, dude, had, the, had it on their Instagram, had it on, everyone was bumping it, and just having that best friend. Then comes airplane mode out of nowhere. And then I'm like, wait, this ain't even released either? And I'm talking about these are like hits. Like, uh, who's making the decision to say, hey, why aren't these out there being nominated for Grammys at this point? Because when Jazz was telling me his story and was telling us how the process with you guys came about, I said, Jazz, you know, and I still say it to this day, it's a matter of time before he's going to be that guy. Yeah. You know, because it, it takes us back to the Chris Brown record that he was written for him and you guys was helping on that, those as well. It's a matter of time because he, he, he just has that it. 
You yeah. know what I mean? And I don't mean to keep sitting here and bigging you up, Jazz, but you are that guy. But for you guys working with him, do you guys see that in the future for him as well? We've been seeing it, seeing yeah. it since day one. It's, you know, we're on the creative side. Yeah. You know, we're not so much, we, we are business savvy, but it takes a lot of finances to break an artist, Man. especially in this day and age. And we, all we can do is make our best music and yeah. put our best foot forward and, you know, present opportunities for him. And, you know, if we can find some billionaire who wants to just like, believe in music yeah. and just take jazz to the next level you it know, takes a lot like you said it DJ. takes it, it takes, takes a, a village so i'm gonna take you guys to a year i'm not even gonna say nothing i'm just gonna say well, 2013 we're talking about this kid i just say jb tell me <laughs> just tell me how 2013 and you guys came about with this kid named jb so we were at a studio we were working on a project with Pooh for a little twist yeah and Jazz and our boy Kyle Massey knew him. So we were working with Twist and he was like, man, I'm gonna have my bro pull up for my, it was gonna be his birthday party. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna have my bro JB pull up. And we were like, okay, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. And then the next night he flew in town and uh, Twist was telling him, he's like, yo, you gotta hear these records that we did with, yeah. with Pooh Bear. Because wow. some of these songs were we were about to release with Pooh. Yeah. And then we played them. He went crazy. And he like whispered Twist. He's like, I'm going to get some of these records. I, I, I need to record these. So then, For those who don't know, it's not Jesse Banks. We're talking about the Justin Bieber, JB. Right. Yeah, we just threw that in there. Not JB, my son. We're talking about Justin Bieber. And you guys are in there with him. Now, I don't know my timeline. It's 2013. Is Justin Bieber already a superstar at that point? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. Hold up. So he's popping in with a little twist. My homeboy, JB. So you guys hear him say this. That he's going to get some of these beats. Yeah. What's the nostalgia at that point for you and you, you and DJ? Uh, I mean, it's crazy. It, it's funny, too, because some of the records were a little more explicit. Yeah. And Pooh was laughing at the time. He's like, I'm going to have to change some of these lyrics for you. <laughs> so you, you'll be this able to. This ain't Justin Pooh. Bieber type. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, man, after that, they hit it off. He brought Pooh on tour. Yeah. And that relationship went crazy. Wow. Man, I mean, to this to this day that Journals album is like a classic to us. Like how many songs you guys do on the you guys did about six records on that one, right? On the yeah. Journals on the Justin Bieber either five or six. Yeah, Don't just be modest about it. Just yeah. five or six on <laughs> JB's Journals album. We're talking about Justin Bieber, the Journals album. Was that a Grammy nominated as well? Not that one, no. See, that's when Justin, they said Justin B was like, oh, Justin's trying to be black. Yeah. <laughs> he got with the auto, was like, oh, JB doing his thing. Yeah. But, but you guys are, now you have Lupe Fiasco on the, on, on the resume. You know, Young Money, Lil Twist. Now Justin Bieber's on there. The walk has to be a little bit more than it was with Lupe at this point, right? Tell me about that, DJ. You just did five or six records with Justin Bieber. Yeah, well, man, I love R&B. Yeah. When we met Pooh Bear, we knew, we already felt like we made it. Because yeah. no matter if we made billions of dollars off of our music, yeah. as long as we're making great music, we're happy. Yeah. And Pooh would always tell us, it's going to find a home. It's going to find a home. It may not be today. may wow, not be tomorrow. say that again. He's going to find a home. It's going to find a home. Yeah. And sure enough, full circle, 
Little Twist is our first placement with Young Money. Man. Third single on the album, We Are Young Money, is called Girl, I Got You. Wow. It's a record we did uh, co-produced with Mr. Pyro. Okay, yeah. Our from boy. the home team. Yeah, from home, home team. team. Yeah. So um, we run back into Little Twist. We have a birthday party for him, and um, he invites Bieber over. Yeah. Play the records. He loves them, and we just keep cooking for him. We're like, Man. we're like in full, like, Turbo mode, like you bringing out all the beats at this point. We made like once from maybe, ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, we maybe made two hundred beats for yeah. that album. Like wow. we just kept going and going and going yeah. because we knew if we make two hundred, there's a chance we'll get maybe two or three. Numbers. We didn't think it's five, a numbers game. It's a at numbers that point. game. Yeah, you know, and and we love R and B. This is where we're we're comfortable at. This is our home. Yeah. So we made the records, and then when Pooh would just keep calling us and saying. You you made another record. Happy yeah. birthday! And, <laughs> you know, all, and when you hear that from Pooh, yeah, it's just you get excited because you're just like, wow, who would have thought that all this hard work is starting to pay off? Because at this time, I was barely making rent. Man. I moved out of Jimmy's house, got my own apartment yeah. with Santiago. Man, shout out Santi, man! <laughs> shout out to Santi! Shout out Mr. Sucio himself! <laughs> <laughs> and we were just thugging it, you know what yeah. I mean? Barely, barely getting by, you know. And um, so every time Pooh would call us, it would just be exciting. We yeah. we never get like too ahead of ourselves or yeah. full of ourselves because the record ain't the record until it's out. Yeah. Until we actually, even when you get a contract. And you sign, and they pay you. Don't mean the record's gonna come yeah, out. Yeah, it, it don't. It just it what just means it you is. got paid for your services. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they and now they can do whatever whatever yeah. they want with the record. So, I mean, when we actually got the single started coming out, we mm -hmm. started seeing it, and listening to it. It was just so surreal, you know, working yeah. with these big mix engineers and sitting down with them and just like soaking game at the same time. Soaking game, yeah. man, like. Our boy Josh Goodwin, yeah, who's um, yeah, he's phenomenal mix engineer, mix yeah. for everybody. We would just sit with him and just pick his brain and just like, you know, throw vibes at him, and he would just give me so much game, yeah. Because as a producer, you're only as good as your mix engineer and vice versa. Woo. So with that being said, you know, I I enjoyed all the times that we would sit with Josh, yeah, and just like soak up game or Jason Joshua, who is Man. like our big bro, like. Come on, start start Googling these names up, yes. people. Start Googling these names, and you're going to find out real quick. That's what G does, by the way, when we do these. He starts Googling these names. It's like, oh, shit. I told Cisco after. I'm like, man, these guys are so cool. <laughs> yeah, these are, I'm telling you, like, these are the guys that are at the highest peak yeah. of the game. We're talking, like, the Jordans, the, yeah. the Currys of the game. Come on. And you can only soak up good game and they're great yeah. people yeah you know that's when you start getting to the top you start realizing these people are really great yeah you know at what they do and what, what their craft is yeah and it makes you want to master your craft a little bit more i mean just because we're so now we're talking about the beaver thing like did you guys find yourself altered because we talked about r b the sound that you guys had with working with justin bieber did you feel like you had to go poppy or do you kind of stick to the guns and kind of say, oh, we can kind of still, you know, resonate with our, what our sound is and still get Bieber to do what Bieber does? I, I always say I think one of our, like, dopest things with our R&B yeah. is we're able to make it pop. Yeah. There's just something Woo! about... Tell him, Jimmy! I, there's just something about, like, <laughs> we can keep the soul there, the yeah. R&B, but I feel like just the way we structure it and stuff, it, we can make it pop. Yeah. And I think that's, like, something... 
that were really it's good a gift doing, but, yeah. it's definitely a gift because we talk about that and we talk about in 2015 you guys teaming up with jr castro now now it's kind of like okay let's get back with the home team see what we could do with that um tell us how the the get home record came about because that was a bang when i was in the bay area um i think because mustard and then was working on it too and i and Cass had said it, and Gino was like, hey, you know, I'm sending you this thing. And then Cass was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm from Guam. From Guam. I'm like, wait, hold up. I was like, I thought you was, a, you know, so we started talking about that. And then he had kind of like kind of went into that sound where you had mustard on it. You had, uh, who else was on that one? It was a Quavo or so. Kid Ink. Kid Ink was on yeah. it. And then it was like, okay, now it's Castro's. Like, at that time, they were shopping that record. Yeah. Now that was the home team. Was that something for you guys to say, okay, let's start unleashing what we have with Castro at that point? Yeah, so we... Back to Mike Jones. Yeah. Mike Jones, he signed. Who? Uh, <laughs> different Mike Jones. Yeah. Uh, he signed He signed uh, the I-15. Yeah. And then um, they, you know, they're uh, they working on the project. And then Castro decided to do a song, you know, just a solo thing. Yeah. And um, still rocking with I-15, all that. But yeah. Decided to do a solo thing. So Mike was like, let's get it, MJ, Mike Jones. Um, he's contacted us yeah and at the time we had a strong relationship with jason joshua because yeah. he was mixing these records for us big so, records yeah the big yeah. all the the justin stuff and yeah. he he did some other stuff for us and um we ended up bringing that record to him right mm -hmm. yeah we brought him the record and we're like hey can you mix this for us yeah and um pooh bear wasn't we brought pooh bear in first yeah so we introduced uh uh castro to pooh bear and then Pooh Bear helped structure the beat, the, the song a little bit. Yeah. And then our boy uh, Pyro as well co-produced it with us. And then we ended up bringing it to Jason Joshua to mix it. And he was like, this is fire. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? So then we showed him Castro and he was like, what bro yeah. this nigga, he's a superstar yeah. like you know how Jason talked. And um, so we bring Cass in and uh, Jason's like, what's the situation? Yeah. And we're like, there is no situation. We're just trying to mix the record and get in where we fit in. Yeah. And he was, Jason made it happen. He made all the plays. Man. Man. Made Come all on. the plays Come happen. Come on. Because now, 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 now the snowball effect is going. Yeah. Now it's rolling down the hill. It's getting bigger and bigger. Take us to the next year where we're in 2017 and we're working with Beebs again on the Purpose album. Tell us about how that whole process came about. Because it's already in, in sync. Because you guys are already like, okay, Beebs know who the hell we are. Now, now let's kind of see what the next project is because that was the one that actually was nominated for a Grammy, right? The yeah, Purpose album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, it's one. It's funny thinking back. Like Pooh always said, like it's the be it's best to come at the end of albums, right? Yeah. Because that's always like the freshest records to these artists, yeah. and they Fresh get excited the most. So Purpose was damn near done too, and we had did this record with Pooh that was like just man, it's yeah. just one of them. Hit you in the one soul, R&B ones. And it's crazy. I remember leaving the studio when Pooh cut it. And I told DJ, I was like, I guarantee he's going to cut this song. <laughs> and, and literally, like, I think it was like a couple weeks later. I don't, Pooh didn't even say nothing. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to play you guys something. And we were just in the studio in L.A. And he pushed play and we heard his voice on it. We wow. We were just like, oh, my God. Like, Come this on, is, man. This is crazy. That has to give you goosebumps to kind of just hear... Like now, you, I mean, you guys already work, but not to kind of say he might just hop on it, and then all of a sudden Pooh plays it, and now it's like and you guys are hearing it, and now you're hearing his vocals on it, and it's like, you know, just like Khaled said, the vocals are in. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and we made that beat at Mike Jones's house on his kitchen table. Wow. Yep. 
Never on, forget man. that. Yeah. It's a three four time signature too, which is not common these days. See, and and I, and I was doing you know my homework on, on on my brothers over here, and I was talking about the purpose sign. We're talking about the famous with Ty Dolla Sign. Oh, yeah. uh, oh wow! Come come yeah. on, we we go in there, fellas. We, I, I do my homework. So tell us how the Ty Dolla Sign, because that was off the Beach House, right? Yeah. Uh, Beach House Three. How did that come about? As far as like, okay, we got Beeves. Now like Ty Dolla is like starting to creep up. Now you guys got a song with him. Come on, tell us about that, Joe. Uh, we made that at our boy, shout out Sasha Sirota, yeah. amazing artist, producer, writer. Uh, we made that at his house. We were, we, were, we were there with Sasha and Pooh, and we, we made it together. Sasha played the guitar, and then Pooh just started writing it right there and recorded it at the house. Yeah. And then he, I guess he was in a session with Ty <laughs> shortly after and played it for him, and... See, yeah. see how the timing and the inner inner vine, the, the inner vine timing. Yeah. Um, it's just like, well, he just happens to be in a session with Ty, yeah. and then you guys get that with him. And then we're talking about um, Sam Smith. Come on, fellas, we're talking about the Sam Smith, not the Sam Smith of the liquor store that you guys are talking about with Fast Freddie and him. We're talking about Sam Smith, the international recording artist that you guys actually got to work with. Tell us about that. Um, what was that? Twenty seventeen. Twenty. Burning right, oh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I think Pooh went to London, I believe, and he he cut that with him yeah. there. Yeah, come on, man. Sam, so now, now, now the resume is speaking it for itself. You got Justin Bieber, Ty Dolla Sign, you, you know, Young Money, and Lupe Fiasco. You got JR Castro. Now it's like you guys are in a groove. Now it's kind of like, okay, then, then this is how I start to hear for you, Comic Kings. That comes about, and then. JR, I remember Matza and I was telling hey, we're working with the Audibles. I said, oh, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And how that whole thing came about was like, I was like, oh, that's the one that works with, with Pooh Bear. And, and they were like saying, yeah, that's how, how we hooked up with them. And, and how, tell me how the Comic Kings and you guys, because you guys vibed on that Lost in Paradise. True. Like how the, was the, was the, were you guys introduced to them through Pooh Bear or did you guys knew them before that? Was it, was it Sasha? I don't. I'm always, I'll, I just remember going to the studio yeah. and meeting them and, and just like the greatest people in life. You <laughs> Have know? you guys heard of them before you guys met them? I've heard some of their songs, yeah. like Wait in Your Water, yeah. the, them records, but I didn't know who they were. Yeah. It, when you hear records and you're not like, like following the artist, yeah, exactly. you just know the record. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you know the artist. Yeah. So I've heard the records, uh, Wait in Your Water and Alcoholic. Yeah. And but I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And my dad loves Hawaii. You know, yeah. my dad just he passed a few years ago, but he would always like go to Hawaii, dated Hawaiian girls. Yeah. So <laughs> she would play them songs and I would yeah. just know them, you know. Exactly. But uh we were at Sasha's house and then I don't know if it was Sasha or how we ended up I think it was something like Pooh had went to one of their shows, maybe. Yeah. And then he was like blown away and wanted to work with them from that. I th yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Then we met up with Pooh and them and Sasha at, at some at small studio, studio for the first in time. In Burbank. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I remember when they were saying, oh, because well, I remember Pooh Bear, he went to the show that they were at. And, and I remember Stephanie and, and the, from their camp was saying, oh, Pooh Bear's here. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. I said, we, and I said, no pressure. You guys got a show. Because I, 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 I was the MC for the show. So yeah. I would bring them out and I would kind of do my thing. And when they had, when Stephanie said that, they kind of like, you know, it was a big deal. <laughs> you know, because you don't know who's in the crowd at that point. And, yeah. It was kind of like show and prove time. And when they went and did their thing, you know, he was like with it. We met him after the show. And he and then you, that, that whole relationship with you guys came about. And I'm like, oh, I know. Those are the dudes. 
when they said, oh, we're working with the Audibles, JR and Mato was like, bro, we're working with these dudes. I'm like, bro, those are like, those are like the Neptunes. You know, and that's why I compared it to. Yeah. And I said, dude, it's crazy how the Lost in Paradise, like how, did, how was that whole vibe in those, those sessions going about? Bro, so a lot of the album was done between Hawaii yeah. and Sasha's house. And before we even started, I told them, that we're going to be up, we're, we're going to be Grammy nominated. Yeah, I literally, you can ask them yeah. if you do another <laughs> uh, interview with them, and they will tell you. DJ said yeah. out of his mouth, "We're going to be Grammy nominated because I already heard what Pooh Bear was writing yeah. with them, and the music that we were making, and I just knew that what we're doing right here, reggae is missing. Man, they were missing it at that, that was point. the link. Yeah." And um, we have a great way of just enhancing artists that we work with. Yeah. You know, not every artist needs enhancing at all, but we're just there to see if we can help and make their music better. Or and like you said, that void for reggae at that time was there. Yeah. And they were just happened to be in a prime position where, you know, that reggae sound that they had, you know, they had the following that they had and they put in the footwork. You know, thank God it was not too soul, but thank God that they did <laughs> the Comic Kings thing. That it would, I seen this thing because I was firsthand. I, I would go on tour with him and I would see it. I'm like, dude, you know, I work with a lot of artists and just like you guys, like this is the missing piece. Yes. As far as like if they get the right, you know, there's a few pieces pieces missing. Yeah. It was like the the audibles, the Pooh Bear, and then for you to tell him that I know because I I didn't hear it from my I didn't hear the end of it from Mata. He was like, it's because when they got that call, I asked him, how did you guys feel about when you guys got that call for a thing? They was like, dude, they they. And I, 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 I'm not going to quote myself, but I think in that interview, they said you were the one that told them, dude, this is going to be a Grammy-nominated album. Yes, Come I on. told them that. And this was our first chance. Like, we've always wanted to do a whole album. Yeah. Like, we, we dreamed of the day that Justin would just call us and just be like, you know, I, I love you guys. Let's just do an album together, you know, because Justin can work with literally yeah. anybody. Pick of the litter. Bro, and yeah. we're so grateful and just so amazed that you know he, he worked with us and uh it's just it's surreal but we've always wanted to just do a whole album yeah. you know yeah we had laser which is that's home yeah but we always wanted to just literally put our everything into one album and put your all. touch on it too because yeah. like you know we had laser with the army we had all you know what you guys were talking about with justin and but you had common kings that was in an island reggae realm that untapped still to this day that i think and to have that kind of like whole mixture of what you guys did, what they did, and for it to come full circle to be a Grammy-nominated album was huge. Especially because, I mean, if you guys already don't know, in the poly demographic, that was huge. Wow. Like big, because I know Jay Boog was nominated a couple years before, and then they came about. And it was starting to make some noise, you know? And then it was like, you know, it's not just Jamaicans that are getting the best reggae album nods. Now they're starting to get the Jay Boogs. Now they're starting to get the Comic Kings. Soldier won last year, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's just a matter of time before these demographics like the Island Reggae comes along and meets guys like you guys to get this Grammy-nominated album. And that was their first Man. album ever. Yes. Like, they put out EPs, but yeah. that was their first full-length full -length album. album. Yes. And they got to do it with you guys. Come on, man. man. See how it comes with Circle? Because on What's a Covered Podcast, we had them over here. And we were thinking, thank God it wasn't Not Too Soul, but the Audible's got with them, Comic Kings, <laughs> the Grammy-nominated artists. So now we're talking about Snowball Effect. Snowball's still going. You guys are still working, still making the beats. Now you get into this Chris Brown project where they got City Girls. And we're yeah. talking about with, with, with Young Thug, because before that you guys did Justin with the changes, and you guys are still working with Bieber and that whole thing, but now you guys are kind of like getting to this Chris Brown realm. Yeah. How does that come about? So we did, we worked with Chris 
before the um the comp or the the collab album with uh young thug yeah free young thug by the way free young thug man come on it's <sighs> crazy but um <laughs> We did a song called Royalty, which was on the album Royalty after his named after yeah. his daughter. And uh, that was our first time ever working with Chris. Chris is one of the most talented performers, singers. MJ writers. of our time. Yeah. I tell everybody every Period. time it's the MJ of our time, man. Man. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people sleep on him and they just can't get over the past, but he is one of the most talented. And everybody get over already. Y'all don't slap your bitch sometimes. All right, besides the point. Uh, <laughs> you just shook him up or something. I don't, don't take my word for it. I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> but we're talking about, you know, and I say the talent level with Chris Brown. Like, I was talking to Jazz about it. You know, when Jazz was talking about sex memories and, you know, the song that you guys were working on, it was like, not because I was biased because I knew who you guys were and knew what Jazz was, but when I heard the project, that was like the one, like the sex memories was like the one. And then you kind of like, okay, I know the dudes who worked on that. You know what I mean? Now you kind of feel proud as a fan of music and as a lo music lover, like my boys worked on that. Now you kind of just get into like where they're starting to say, you see sex memories on Instagram as like, you know, music to people's videos. And now it's kind of, now the social media game is into it. Cause that's where I want to kind of like pivot for you guys where now is social media from where you guys first started to now, has that helped? Or kind of like you guys don't really trip off social media now that you guys have it to your advantage. We should, yeah. <laughs> but we, you know, we 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 base everything off of relationships. Yeah. We've we've never changed. We've always been the same. We've we've built relationships and and nurtured those relationships, and we just keep our head down and yeah. work. The hardest part is not making the music. The hardest part is being able to pull up and press play. Man, because we can make the music yeah. all day long, but it's getting into the room with that artist getting you that can, opportunity bro we played records for all type of a and r's yeah I'm, I'm going back like the polo days yeah shots out to um aaron bayshuck who is a boss now yeah but back during the polos day polo days he was uh a and r yeah. just like not a low level a and r but just an a and r yeah. at the label and he would pull up and he'd be like play me beats and we would play him beats and he, he'd tell us no we need a 2020 i'm so hood yeah. back in 2008 <laughs> and that's not even the artist yeah. you know so you you could play the a and r game which it does work at times yeah but it's a lot easier when you're in the room with the artist and you can press play you know it's not the the and battle you gotta have a confidence level yeah so when you guys are making these beats jimmy i mean the confidence level to say okay we want to get for this such artist and this such, but for to press play the confidence level on you guys then to be like, okay, I got to get my five bangers. Like, how many beats are you guys able to go through realistically with an artist before they're like, all right, cool, I've heard enough? Is it two? Is it three? Or how many are they listening to where they say, okay, next? Okay, next. Like, take us through that process where they listen to your beats. I mean, for example, like the, our two favorite writers, yeah. Pooh and Jazz. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's at a point now we've built so so great of a chemistry yeah, with them like they're damn near usually the past few years yeah recording the first beat we play which, which oh wow I, I feel like we've just we know what they love we know what they're gonna kill yeah. and but i mean i always think like if you don't have it in five beats with the artist <laughs> i mean you might <laughs> not you have doing? it because yeah. we, we've sat in sessions where literally producers would play, I'm talking about 40 beats. Wow. And then... And one didn't stick out. And then we would play a beat or two after, yeah. and they'd be like, oh, that one. 
But so I don't know. I need a little I'll, high five to DJ on the underwear. <laughs> I told you the motherfuckers weak. <laughs> so. I told you they played forty. We played two. We, we got this. But was that was that the case with sex memories? Because oh. that motherfucker right there, oh, boy. I, See that there's certain records like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel like this after they create some. But like, I just know there's certain records like yeah. when, when we were done with it in the studio. I just, I just felt that. I, I, that was another moment. Like I told Jazz, I'm like, he's cutting this record. Yeah. And I think he literally cut it within the next two days. Like we sent the, they asked for the files. Man. And, yeah. Because you guys don't know that sex memories is, you know, jazz on the pan, audibles on the beat. And it's just the camera. And then to have CB sing it, Bro. to have Chris Brown just kind of put it. And, and I'm talking about Ella he's hot. May and too. Ella May's on. Come on, man. Come did Ella May write on. her verse, or, or did Jazz write Ella May's as well? She she wrote her part. Yeah. She came hard on that she verse too. It. But she had to go off of what Jazz wrote for Chris. Right. You know what I mean? And that whole thing, like, and it just it, it's it's crazy to see where you guys are taking this. And that's why every time when I'm hanging out with y'all and we were, you know, with Franny and we're all, all of our friends out here in Vegas, it's like it's crazy how our reach and everything we do do. You know, Western Conference podcast, Audible's with producing, Franny with DJing, and how our circle are just so connected. Yes. And that's why I was saying I had to get you guys in here because of this thing that we got going on because it's not we're not always going to be hot, right? You guys are hot to death right now. And there's a, there's, a, there's a cold spell sometimes where sometimes you may think it happens, but what do you guys do to say, okay, not writer's block for writers, but for producers, is there a time where you kind of say, okay, we might not be adapting with the times like we should be. Do you guys feel like that's coming or or are you guys are ready for that to come? Uh it's funny. Talk was, your uh, shit, uh, Jimmy. Say <laughs> hell no. <laughs> no, no I, I, I was I was thinking about something you something you said before, but um I think, you know, every once in a while you get stressed out yeah. like if God we got all these great songs, but like they should be placed right yeah. now or we got hits right now. Like I think the most important thing to remember is like as long as we make the best music we can, like DJ said, yeah. like they're gonna find the right home. Uh, and I think just having the catalog of yeah. great songs, like we've learned, like don't stress out about if it ain't happening with the artist at that month or that yeah. moment. Like I feel like just making the music and having it ready, it's gonna find a home. And then back to something, something else you said. With the social media, I yeah. think the one great thing about it nowadays is like when you bring up Best Friend. Yeah. I feel like that song can still be a hit. Come on. Facts. And I that could be a TikTok viral right. song yeah. right now. And, yeah. I, I, and I love the one great thing I do love about the TikTok era is a song could pop four years later yeah. now. We see it with Lizzo. Yeah. We, see all we kinds talked about of it records, with J Book, Let's Do It Again. Right. So that was such a, you know, a record that kind of came, not came and went, but that was his big hit. And we were chilling, and all of a sudden we seen a few TikTok videos. And it kind of like brought him back up to charts. You know, wow. he was back to number one, you know. And it's crazy how the influence of social media has on today's music. Where, you know, a beat that you guys did maybe 10 years ago can pop up at any time because you guys don't know who's listening to the music, who has the music, and what they're doing with it. And it just takes a simple upload to an Instagram live or to an Instagram video or a TikTok video to be like the next cool thing. Right. You know, where they're doing all these dances to it. It's like, oh shit. We, yeah. we did that shit like 10 years ago. We were literally just talking off, off camera before we started the yeah. podcast about our boy Sheffo, yeah. who has an artist in Italy. Yeah, exactly. Diego, shout out to Diego Lazari. We've been producing all his music, and yeah. he's blowing the fuck Man. up in Italy. Come like, on. It's the perfect combination of he is a phenomenal singer, phenomenal performer, 
with American production yeah. over it. And Sheffo, who is the brains behind all of it, it's that TikTok shit really, really Man. matters, bro. It, it, it does because I, I feel like a lot of like music industry people are saying, I had Adam Grosserman from Ineffable, and he was saying, bro, it's crazy how these, you don't really need a big label, you need, you need TikTok. You yeah. need a TikTok hit or something like that where you could be your own social media record label yeah. if you have the right placements and stuff like that as well. But we talk about um, pivoting to this where it's Dos Cotas, where it's two faces. People know the audibles, right? What is the other face that people may not know about? We'll start with you, DJ. DJ, the producer, they know about. Yeah. What's the other DJ that they may not know about? What's the second uh, face? Moji. Yeah. So uh, my boy, Chefo out in Italy. We're working on this project called the Life Emoji, which it's the first NFT based uh, animated TV series. Wow. So imagine, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because of legal reasons, but <laughs> imagine a famous cartoon yeah. that's out right now, not thinking Simpsons, yeah. but something else mixed with like the Chappelle show in a sense. Like it's, oh, it's, wow. it's crazy. And every person that owns a NFT in the it has a character in the show. Oh, see, see. So don't get too much away of that, DJ. Don't get because then we want people all in here. They're gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna get some of that right now. Make it mine. Yeah. So Come it's on. it's if if they go, they can check it out. It's called the Life Emoji yeah. um, com, and you can just go check it out. It's it's amazing. But we just finished the um, the pilot. Wow. So I'm the voice of Moji. And uh, my boy Sheffo's the voice of Sheffo. Jimmy has a character on there. Come on, Jimmy. Pooh Bear has a character on wow. there. Wow. Um, a bunch of other people yeah. have characters on there. And it's just, it's comedy. Like, my biggest dream, besides making music and scoring, like, films, yeah. is to have, like, a Disneyland. Wow. A Disney World. Yeah. With, like, this Moji Land. Yeah. And once you see it, bro, after this, I'll show you a little <laughs> bit. It's, it's amazing because it's not a, a it's, a, it's. Early stages, yeah. but we really believe in it a lot. We have a great team of people that are behind yeah. it. So, and that's why I love asking this question because you know Doscada, we're talking about the two faces, the audibles, where there's always something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that takes me over to Jimmy. Jimmy, what's the other? You have the audibles, Jimmy. What's the second face? I mean, if we're not making music, yeah, I'm usually being being dad. I was about to say, yeah. I, I kind of knew it before you said it because. Yeah. You you like one of those proud daddies too, because I see it on your Instagram and I see I said Jimmy like one of those happy to be you know when you have a lot of baby mamas like me you can still be a happy dad but it's just a little different. It's a little, <laughs> I'm looking at this child support payment like oh check out baby mama gonna but yeah I mean <laughs> but being a dad that's the second part of it right? Oh man, it's the yeah. most amazing thing ever and just like there's nothing I enjoy more than hanging out with them or yeah. going to basketball practices or games. Come or, on. Showing him piano stuff yeah. or like there, there's nothing like that. So and it's crazy how what your first face allows your second face to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like that, you doing being successful in your career as the audibles makes you that much more. You know, with with your your your, your kids. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you can you're able to do that. And not a lot of people can say that. And we're fortunate to do what we do for, and what we do for love for living. But my last question is this: We don't went through the resume, G. You done seen everybody who worked with. Who's somebody that you guys haven't worked with yet that you guys, if they was coming here and say right now, Audibles, give me the artist you guys want to work with right now, dead or alive. Jimmy, we'll start with you. I mean, dead or alive, I'd have to say Michael Jackson. Ooh. <laughs> Come on, Jimmy. DJ. 
Can I name a few? Or yes, you can name a few. Okay, cool. You can name a few. Thank you, because that's so hard. Um, Especially as a producer. <laughs> man, Stevie Wonder. Man. Period. I just want to meet him. Yeah. If I could just shake the man hand. Anybody watching this podcast, <laughs> if you know Stevie, I will give you $100 if you let me pull up on him. I still think Stevie can see, hand. but that's just me. I mean, we'll talk about it on another show. <laughs> you know, I think he's fooling everybody. <laughs> You can get this hot 100. Yeah. <laughs> just so as I can long shake as we get it. Come on. The audible's in the key of life shit. Man, bro. What's like, the next artist? Um, I gotta go with Ye. Yeah. Come on. I mean, some of my best memories are with Jimmy going to the concert, the glow in the dark, the glow in the dark concert. And we actually, crazy story, bro, before we leave. Kanye reached out to us. Hold up, hold on. Yes, bro. No, not no before we leave. Go on, tell this story. Not before we this leave. This was Kanye the, reached out to reached y'all? Reached out via wow. Pooh. So uh, Justin was in, I think the, he played it in Wyoming when when he, uh, Kanye had the ranch, yeah. right? And then Justin played an unreleased record that we did called, um, what was it called, Jim? Advantage. Uh, played him this record called Advantage that we have with Justin. Shout out to Justin, man. Justin don't even be knowing. Yeah. He be just making <laughs> dreams come true, like, via just playing shit, you know? So he played that for Ye? He played it for Ye, yeah. and Ye was like, who did this beat? Wow. And then Justin said, the audibles. See, that got to be one of the highest, because we're talking about Kanye, who's a producer extraordinaire himself. For him to say, who made that beat? Come on. That's full circle for you guys, Bro. where you guys are just some kids and music lovers coming to do what you love, to have Kanye West man. say, who made this beat for you? Come on, man. Bro, so then Pooh, uh, uh, Bieber reached out to Pooh, and Pooh called us and said, I don't know, Kanye wants you to pull up on him wow. at the studio. So we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yay? Bro, so I, I'm sorry, I got it. There's so many great stories. So. When Ye first did College Dropout album, yeah. he shot his second single called uh, All, Fall, uh, All Falls Down. Yeah. And he shot it at the Ontario airport. My brother was getting sent to Iraq at the Ontario airport. And he seen, wow. he seen him and he called me and he was like, Dom, my name is Dom. Yeah. He's like, Dom, uh, there's this guy with a Rockefeller chain shooting a music video. And I'm like... Is it Jay-Z? He's like, nah, nigga, I know who Jay-Z is. <laughs> He's like, some other guy, his mouth's fucked up. Like, and I'm like, oh, it's Kanye. Yeah, oh, I knew wow. off rip it was Jay. So yeah. I was like, give him the phone. He's like, I'm not giving him the phone. That shit weird. <laughs> so uh, shouts out to Jason. And my auntie, Linda, yeah. she she gave him the phone. And then, at the Ontario airport. At the Ontario airport. Wow. And then as soon as he said, what's up? And I was like, Kanye, what's up? This is DJ. Uh, you know. Yeah. I go as DJ. He's like, this DJ, man, I make beats every single day. I'm just like you. Yeah. I'm trying to be in the industry, all that. Like, you got some tips or something you can give yeah. me? He was like, never give up on your dreams. Wow. That's what he literally told me. He said, if I can do it, you can do it. This was the inspiration. Wow. Yeah. Like, Ye was like in his bag at the time. Man, that was pre-Kardashian pussy. So he was on, <laughs> he was on his shit. <laughs> Yo, and I still got, I still have the sick, because I had him sign the College Dropout wow. album. Come on. And I have his signature to prove it. If nobody wants to believe the story, because <laughs> what I need to lie for, man. I got the signature College dropout the all falls down video we're playing yes. a clip for this we definitely clipping this one but what kanye said to you and this is how we're going to end this what do you guys say to the producer the young kid that's watching this podcast that's trying to get game from you guys jimmy we'll start with you man be consistent you got to realize there's millions of other people 
that are crazy talented trying to do what you're trying to do. So you got to work harder than the next person. You got to find dope writers because an amazing beat is nothing without an amazing song. And find an amazing artist to break and build a sound with. I mean, those are the things I could say. Jimmy, that's what I'm talking about. DJ, don't give me the Kanye one that gave you. I want your own. (laughs) (laughs) That was the realest thing I've ever heard. But, I mean, I got to go back to what Pooh Bear has always told us. He's drilled in our head since day one. Yeah. Not only he would always tell us, uh, I believe in you. That was something he always would tell us. And um, to don't think that this record that you're making right now, you may think, like you said, you may think it's old to you, but it's new to somebody mm-hmm. else. And every record ha- can find a home. Man. You know, just keep your head down, keep grinding, invest in sounds, invest in sonics invest you know, in yourself invest in yourself yeah. with your education you know link up with the right people that can help further your career man come on man thank you guys for coming over here and that's we, we, go thing? ahead jimmy real quick you was about to jump me in the middle no, of <laughs> no i just man you guys are gonna see she's got a couple songs out yes but Talk, not, tell me about this her article. album but savannah blue come yes. on yes she is absolutely phenomenal one of the dopest writers and artists we've ever worked with and her album is finished, and it's some of our favorite. She's bad music too, because I seen made. I seen the single like, you guys just was putting on social media yesterday. Like she's Savannah Blue, yeah. come on, she got that worldwide appeal too. Yeah, and with the audibles behind her, ain't no telling what can happen. And her yeah. personality is through the roof. She's such a pleasure to work with and come be on. around. She's like little sis to us. Yeah. Savannah Blue, Savannah Blue, Savannah Blue. Come she's on. one of our favorite artists we've worked with so don't do that now don't do it right now get savannah blue go look at my brothers the audibles thank you guys for coming here because i'm telling y'all this story needed to be told and i always like telling it because we're we're family man and when i bring you guys into my realm and i kind of just people got a a peek into yours come on man we we can sit here and name drop all day but keep doing what you guys are doing the audibles right here western conference podcast those got us tequila this one's for y'all peace